With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. in 32 days. Kiba, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Is this our last podcast ever? Ever? What? What's happening to us? I don't know. Do we do we do a playoff podcast? Oh, for sure. Okay. I, we, we, we go well beyond the playoffs, but uh, certainly I think next week, we, next week we might have more than one podcast. We have uh, four games to preview. We have some uh, preseason uh, guests for uh, playoff teams who are itching to come back on and, and preview their playoff prospects. I guess it's not the last one. It's not the series finale. Yeah, well, unless uh, unless the fans demand that we go away, <laughs> it's possible. Your your Jets are doing great. My Vikings are doing great. I think both teams are probably at their highest point that they've been all year in a couple of years, even. Yeah, when was the last time the Jets and the Vikings were both good? Yeah, last week we uh, we interrupted the uh, the football podcast to uh, to each of us introduced our our top ten podcasts of the year, and uh, you and a couple of our fans, but I think mostly you uh, want to see us do other top ten rankings. Uh, whether they're football related, sports related, maybe not at all. Uh, this week, because uh, you know it's the most timely time to do so, I think what we're going to do is we're going to uh, to rank the uh, the coaches most likely of being fired, or to put it another way, the teams who most need a new coach uh, in 2016. Is that right? The teams that will have a new coach. Yeah. All right. So here's what here's what I think we're going to do because we have to find something to do once football's over in like six weeks. So I do think if we're going to do like some sort of top ten list or drafting teams every week like we discussed it could be pop culture it could be sports it could be you know it doesn't have to be football but one thing i was really thinking about well this week i want to do the coaches but i also want to make it interesting so i think every week when we do it doesn't have every list doesn't have to have action on it but i think when we do a list we have to have a small bet let's say like a ten dollar bet so basically you're just proposing more things for me to keep track of yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of keeping track here. All, all by me, though, right? You're not keeping track of anything. There's zero percent chance I'm keeping track of this. <laughs> Wait. So, so, what exactly is the bet that you're proposing this week? Okay. So, uh, so this week it's just going to be we're going to predict uh, which coaches get fired, and whoever um, is most accurate wins this bet. Okay. So we can make that bet. By the way, before we get into that, Akiba. Uh, a couple of things for the fans. First of all, uh, you know, we ask from time to time, uh, and really it's an evergreen ask. We just forget to say it very often. If you like the podcast or even if you don't like the podcast, go on iTunes, uh, give us a rating and a review. Uh, that helps uh, That helps more people hear the podcast. We had a rating from last month that we forgot to uh, to read at the time. 
So uh, I'm going to read it now. Okay. Uh, okay, this was from Bass, Bass, Bass. B-A-S, B-A-S, B-A-S. Is that a friend of yours? No, I have no idea who that is. I think it's Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, perhaps. Um, so he uh, he's a big fan of the podcast. He calls us the next Grantland, uh, which I guess is good, but also bad because it means we have a short shelf life. Mm-hmm. He says, these guys are great. With a solid number of podcasts recorded, they are definitely hitting their stride. A good add-on to the weekly Bill Simmons and Cousin Sale cast. The content is a solid mix of football, sports, and a little pop culture. Akiva also does a great Seinfeld recap podcast. Oh, I haven't heard about that. You do? Mm. If he isn't basking in the riches from that podcast with some motivation, I think Chester and Akiva could reinvent Grantland. Boy, this guy has a lot of expectations for us. Yeah. supposed to start like a man. (laughs) Only one issue, the podcast name. It reminds me of a store near me named Just Buttons. I think if we Google Just Buttons, we can figure out where this guy lives. I always find it odd when I walk into the store. By the way, how frequently is this guy going into Just Buttons? That's another question, isn't it? Yeah, how yeah, they just sell buttons? Well, well they don't. So he says I always find it odd when I walk into the store and they are selling thread besides the obvious buttons. It seems like false advertising. Anyway, I 1 million percent recommend giving this podcast a try. So listen nice. bass bass bass, I appreciate the endorsement, but I got a lot of issues. First of all, you are always entering the store ex- just to buy buttons and you're always surprised to, bu- to see thread. So first of all, why are you so frequently going to buy buttons? Question number one. Yeah, first, it's in Branford, Connecticut, just buttons. Uh, this listener is somewhere in Connecticut. I, you know, I thought he was going to say that he goes to buy buttons and then they're also selling, you know, doorknobs. I feel like thread is allowed to be sold in tandem with buttons. You you, you need thread to uh, sew the button I on, I mean, it right? looks like they sell other things. They sell magnets, keychains, uh, bottle openers. Oh, so they're all, they are all over the place. You, you, okay, but you're familiar with the uh, the classic David Letterman bit where they walked into just bulbs, right? I've heard of it, but what do they not just have bulbs? No, that they only. Or excuse me, it's, is it just bulbs or just shades? Oh my goodness, terrible job! I mean, it's just bulbs, I'm pretty sure, but or maybe it's just shades. All right, now I've done a terrible job and I've embarrassed myself. Uh, I've actually walked past the store many times because it's uh, it's in my neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, but but it's in the early yeah, it's 80s. Just shades? No, yeah, just yeah, bulbs. The- it says just shades and bulbs. I'm not. I'm con- Google's confused. All right. Anyways, uh, Letterman walks into the store and, and asks to buy something else. And the old lady who runs the store angrily says, no, we just sell one of those two. We're not even sure right now. Um, anyhow. Yeah. You know, this actually reminds me, one of my, my real pet peeves is dollar stores, also known as 99 cent stores. Because yeah. historically, as a child, when I was a child anyway, a 99 cent store or a dollar store, it only sells things for $1. That's the point of the store, right? Yeah. But nowadays, if you look at the small print on the sign, it's always 99 cents and up or dollar and up. Yeah. Which, as I argue, not only does that not mean that this is a cheap store, this is actually the most expensive store you can have. Because another store that doesn't advertise their prices could have anything for any price range from one penny on up. This store is guaranteeing you that nothing will be less than a dollar. Nothing will be less than a dollar. Yeah, so it's actually terrible. I'd rather walk into Tiffany's there. Maybe I'll get something for 84 cents. Yeah, maybe the pack of gum. If there's a pack of gum in Tiffany's, there's no no guarantee it's a dollar. Yeah. All right. Uh, Enough of this. So so we're going to get to our top 10 list this week. Uh, Oh, oh, so the other thing that Bass, Bass, Bass brings up is, is he doesn't like our name. And I agree with him that our name, while it made sense in August, it no longer makes sense. So if any listener has an idea. And we're never doing that again, right? We're never doing 32 fans in 32 days again, right? Yeah, we'll definitely, you know, if things go well, we will preview the season next year. But if we do 32 episodes in 32 days, then neither one of us will be married anymore. So so if you have an idea for a name, uh, you know, either put it, it post it as, as a comment or a review on iTunes or tweet it at one of us. Akiva is at K-E-E-V 26. That's Kiev 26 on Twitter. And I'm at Hester 99. That's A-C-H-E-S-T-E-R 99. Yeah, but if you have a better name than 32 fans in 32 days, we're all ears because we, we agree the name no longer makes much sense. Um, 
So uh, with that having been said, you want to hop into this uh, top 10 list? Okay, so here's how I want to do it. Alex here. At this point, Akiva and I got into like a 20-minute argument, which is the first fight we've ever had on the podcast about how we were going to do this draft. Akiva also insists that I leave the whole argument in the podcast because he said it would be entertaining, but I thought it would be insipid and cumbersome. But anyway, we came to an agreement, and if you really want to hear that whole fight, files are available for review. You're overruled. Let's go. No! First of all, nothing's getting deleted. This is definitely the best thing we've ever done. People want to hear the process. You're not deleting this. This is our first fight. The honeymoon's over. I disagree, and we're doing it my way. I'm not going to do it your way, because it's, it's, it's going to be dumb. I was going to let you go first out of respect, because you picked the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, and uh, that obviously backfired, so I assumed I was the first pick, but, you know. All right, so we're going to have to edit all this. No, we're doing this on air. Let's go. At least I know I'm going to win the 10 bucks here. So do you want to go first, or do you want to have the next two? Uh, I want to go first. First. All right, Akiva. So uh, we are having we are drafting coaches. Uh, we are drafting teams who will have a different head coach at the start of next season from their current head coach. With the first pick, Akiva wait, picks. Wait, are you introing because you took out all our arguing? Because you better leave in all of our arguing. No, I, I have Akiva. I'm taking all this crap. <laughs> just no, go. I'm just, I'm just, I'm stopping right go. now. If you don't leave in the just, argument, I'm just being go. serious. Just go. Le- <laughs> tell me you're leaving in all the arguing. That's funny. No, nobody wants. Uh, maybe leave some of the it. I'll, I'll, I'll listen through. I'll leave some of it. So it's leave the whole got, thing in. It's not going to be clean. All right, just go. Leave the whole thing. in. Okay. <laughs> With first pick, I pick Dan Campbell of the Dolphins. All right. So Akiva has the Dolphins as the most likely team to have a different coach next year. Um, all right. So now I, I got to do Snake. I got to do the next two picks, and I will pick uh, the Titans. Will have a new coach next year, and the Colts will have a new coach next year. And, you know, Ooh. I think there's teams that should have a new coach more than the Colts, but, you know, Pagano's not coming back. They're cleaning house. Uh, Tom Coughlin and the Giants. Mike McCoy and the Chargers. Uh, those are two solid picks, I think. All right. Um, my next pick is going to be uh, Sean Payton of the Saints. Not not that he should be fired, but, you know, I just think a divorce is coming there. And then ooh, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to go with with Mike Pettin and the Browns. There just seems to be a huge disconnect between the front office and the coach in terms of in terms of Johnny football, in terms of a number of things. And that franchise is always a disarray, but I think the Browns will uh, have a new coach as well next year. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pick Chip Kelly. Oh, yeah. I think he's gone. And Jeff Fisher. Alex, cutting in again. We podcast about an hour before Chip Kelly got fired, so Akiva is already beating me one to nothing. All right. So Jeff Fisher, I'm pretty sure. Sh- Though maybe he saved his job this week. Well, I think they announced a couple weeks ago that he was coming back no matter what. Look, if Jeff Fisher goes eight and eight, you don't fire him for going eight and eight because you know he's going eight and eight. That's what that's what that's apparently what the Rams owners want, right? Yes, you're saying I threw away the draft with that pick. Well, no. So you know, again, I, I before the podcast, I made my list in the order of who should be gone, and I had Fisher fifth on that list. I think Fisher should be gone, uh, but I don't think he will be. Um, all right, so now I got two picks. It's starting to get really tough here. Um, I, I'm going to go with Jim Thomasula. Is it's unfair to fire a guy after one year? But you know, that was just a mistake in the first place. And uh, and now things get really interesting. There's a bunch of coaches who probably should go, but won't. I'm uh, I'm gonna pick a wild card. I'm gonna pick a uh, Dallas Cowboys and Jason Garrett. Okay, that's a hot take, Jason Garrett. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Jim Caldwell and Rex Ryan. I, Rex Ryan's at the point where I don't think I think Caldwell may get fired, and Caldwell's a great pick for this late in the draft, also I think. But uh, Ryan, at this point, we're running out of guys who might get fired. Yeah, and but, I, but the thing with Caldwell is, didn't they say? Really, I'm relying on Jordan Acker, our Lions fan, who said that they're so incompetent up there that uh, yeah. But you're right; that's a that's a good pick for this late in the draft. Also, the mom just took over again from the son in Detroit. Yeah. So anything's possible. 
we're, we're really late here. You know, Gus Bradley uh, would be a good pick, but uh, but apparently the Jaguars said they're bringing him back. Uh, you know, I'll go with Lovey Smith. I don't think he'll be fired, but, you know, at this point in the draft, who are you going to take? And then with my last pick. Yeah, Lovey Smith's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, with, with my last pick, um, again, they're not going to fire him. But Marvin Lewis, if the Bengals lose in the first round of the playoffs again. Yeah. With this team, I think, you know, he's going to be my last pick. Okay, so that's a good pick. Just looking through the Falcons, there's no way they're firing Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, John Fox is not going to leave Chicago. He's not going to get fired from Chicago. You know, Pete Carroll could go back to college in theory. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a wild he's, not gonna, he's not going to get fired, but anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, Belichick could retire if they win the Super Bowl. This is Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. So you, you got yeah, this you is gotta, tough. You got to go out of the box. Andy Reid, Kubiak. None of these guys are getting fired. I'm going to go with uh, the most dysfunctional franchise. You know, I got a crazy one. <laughs> they would never do it. But what about the Steelers and Tomlin if they lost this last game or didn't make the playoffs? But that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, they don't fire coaches. So, yeah, they don't fire coaches. So I'm going to give you Jack Del Rio of the Raiders, who I don't think should get fired or will get fired, but you got to pick somebody here. Yeah. Um, if it was should get fired, I think, you know, Bradley would have been a decent pick. And also Bill O'Brien. I don't care they're making the playoffs. It's it's the same thing with uh, the NFC East winning the AFC South is nothing yeah. to brag about. Look at all these happy uh, Washington Redskins fans who don't realize their team is garbage. They'll take the playoff spot anyways. All right, so there we go. So those are our rosters. And uh, we Oh, by the way, them. you know, Jay Gruden, I mean, I know he – there's no way they could fire him, right? But Snyder is so no. wacky. Well, too bad. He was undrafted. So, look, if a coach – if we just pick 16 coaches, half the, half the coaches in the league, if somebody else gets fired, uh, that's a bad job. I think we both lose. <laughs> We, yes. we, both give, if, we both give $10 to that guy's unemployment. How about if that? someone else gets fired, not leaves, not leaves for college, but if someone else gets fired, then the then the whole draft is moot. I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, unless there's some kind of like, you know, massive sex scandal or something that erupts, you know, after the season's over. Listen, that was part of the draft. You have to plan for All that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like some guys are injury prone. You know, maybe Belichick gets suspended for a year. Well, in that fired. case, you, you got Rex Ryan with the whole foot thing. So that's that helps you. I think. It's true. It's true. There's our – we've each drafted a team of coaches to be fired, and uh, we will track that uh, as the season continues, and we will see who who gets more of their eight picks. All right, so so now that that's done and the uh, the huge attendant argument that went with it, let's uh, – let's, let's, oh, by the way, while we're talking about pe- bets that we made, in, uh, in, in week four, Akiva and I made a bet. Oh, boy. Uh, at that point, it was who would get more wins. From that point on in the season, I said the Vikings, Akiva said the Rams, and the loser would have to travel to the winner's house for a podcast uh, by oh boy. by October of next year. Oh, no, no. Uh, the, Vi- the Vikings clinched that one Sunday night. Uh, they are now up eight to six with one game remaining for each. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take that one, Akiva. And uh, you are going to be visiting me in my home, uh, whether it's this one or whether I move before then, which knowing me is, is quite likely. Uh, you will be uh, visiting my house for a podcast at some point in the next uh, nine months. Okay. It's a date. You excited for that? Your, right. wife has to cook. Your wife has to cook, though. <laughs> That will not be happening. And by no. the way, if she did, she, she might poison you. So, Oh, really? Not, does she? Not, she doesn't hate you, but I think. By the way, my, my favorite top 10 list would be top 10 wives who hate me. I, the problem is it would be, it would more be, it would be more like, um, you know, AP, like college football, yeah, poll, no, like top, top 25, 25. And then another, like with four, others receiving votes, then another, yeah. like 14 also receiving votes. Oh, there yeah. would be like, there would be like 35 to 40 choices. Yeah. I don't think my wife hates you. My wife just hates the podcast. And I guess she figures that if you're out of the picture, the podcast would end. Oh, no question. I mean, you know who does hate you in my family? My dad. Yeah, yeah. He, he, asked, he asked me repeatedly Sunday night, what does Akiva think of the Vikings now? Well, I, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is still overrated. That's what I think. I don't want to hear overrated. any statistics about – yeah. 
I mean, he's not overrated because everyone else, other than the Chester family, everyone kind of knows that he's mediocre. So he's only overrated by your family, but... All right, listen, we'll get to Teddy in good time. Go into Lambeau and show me something on Sunday night. (laughs) Every week, it's, all right, let's see what you do this week. Let's see what you do this week. Yeah, you know what? They had one big game this year. What? Wait, all all the other games don't count? I mean, the Denver game was a big game, but they lost that game. The game in Arizona didn't count. You know, the game against the Giants didn't count. You know, all right, we'll get to that in good time. Let's, uh, Let's power through the games this week. There's, uh, you know, we have five games that are irrelevant. We have eight games that are relevant but are not good games. And we really only have three good games this week. So, you know, let's, uh, let's, uh, first, let's power through these, these irrelevant games uh, so we can get on to the good ones. Uh, by the way, in, in uh, picking winners and losers last week, you beat me. Uh, as we said on last week's podcast, we agreed on every single game except for uh, Colts at Dolphins. Uh, which actually came down right to the end, but I picked the Dolphins. Just, uh, we both did badly, but you went nine and seven, and I went eight and eight. So uh, you won there for the second week in a row, and uh, hopefully we'll have more disagreements this week. Some of these random week seventeen games when neither team has anything to play for, it uh, it can get wonky, and so hopefully we'll have a, a lot of disagreements here. So yeah, this was the hardest spreads to predict and the hardest games to predict that I've had all year for sure. Because you're guessing who's going to care, which is very hard. Yeah, you know, the Giants, for example, we knew they had nothing to play for going into Sunday night, but I don't think anybody thought that they were going to get humiliated by 32 points. No, but they were missing the best player in the team. Uh, he's not worth 32 points, though, right? No, he's not. Yeah, um, and, and Coughlin, by the way, the, the, the announcers kept saying early on in the game that the that the Giants' assistant coaches were told that if they won their last two games, they would be back. So they had something to, to play for or to coach for, unless the players really hate their coaches and <laughs> want them all fired because – uh, yeah, the Giants really did not try in that game. They laid an egg. Um, all right, so so let's get these, these. Oh, by the way, you also talked about how hard it was to guess the spreads this week. Uh, yeah, all of us were were more collective points off than we've been all season, pretty much. Uh, I did beat you thirteen to six head to head against Bill and Sal. Uh, yeah, you had a rough week in particular. Sal beat us in the four way. He was correct on eight games. Uh, Bill and I were correct on seven games, and you only won one game. So, yeah, it was a rough week. But let's let's get these bad games out of the way. First, St. Louis at San Francisco. Neither team has anything to play for. St. Louis, obviously, Jeff Fisher wants to win to be 8-8, eight eight, as he always is. Uh, you want to just pick a winner here, St. Louis at San Fran? Uh, St. Uh, St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis looked good the last couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to pick San Fran. Just, again, I want us to have as many disagreements as possible this week. And they, they have been better at home than on the road this year. They started the season with uh, an anomalous victory against a uh, playoff team, and I think they're going to end it uh, with another anomalous victory. Philly at the Giants two weeks ago. We thought this game would be flexed. This game would be for the win, you know, to go to the playoffs and win the NFC East. Uh, how the mediocre have fallen to far below mediocre. They're both now six and nine, and this could be the last uh, last game coaching the NFL for both Chip Kelly and Tom Coughlin. Correction: already fired. Yeah, I mean, hopefully for uh, for my sake, it's both their last weeks. I, I I just I can't imagine that the Giants look as bad as they did last week. They have to have some kind of pride. Uh, Odell Beckham, I think, you know, probably wants to to show that he, uh, you know. He's back, so I think the Giants will win this one, but it, this is not a game that I would want to watch any part of. No, it's unwatchable unless Beckham has like 400 yards in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I, there are sometimes wacky records broken in Week 17 because like one team is just trying, the other team's not, or the other team has so many backups. So that's something to look out for this week also. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles this week. Nice. So we got two disagreements right off the bat. Uh, just it seems like the Giants are mailing it in. Detroit at Chicago, another matchup between two six and nine teams in the division. Uh, although this one, I think both teams feel a lot better now than they did a month ago. Um, you know, they 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 both they both played better now, certainly than the first half of the year when the Lions were one and seven, and when the Bears, you know, were, were uh, trading away all their pieces early in the season. Uh, they played a great game in Detroit earlier in the season, 
uh, it ended up being a three-point game. And uh, I think I'll, I'll take the home team again this time. So I'll take the Bears to win a close one. Yeah, Bears. Another game that we thought might have playoff ramifications, but Washington wrapped it up a week early. Washington locked into the four seed uh, because of the NFL's stupid uh, system that you know division winners automatically get uh, uh, locked into their seeds, which means fewer teams have anything to play for, which means fewer games in Week 17 matter. So why the NFL wants games not to matter, who knows? But it's their stupid system. So they're going to Dallas. Uh, this line was, was kind of surprising. Cowboys were favored by th- are favored by three and a half, and everybody I actually picked to pick them, but everybody else thought Washington would be favored. Uh, I, I guess Vegas figures Washington will rest everybody, uh, but the Cowboys have been resting everybody for two months, so who knows? I guess Dallas will win. But uh, what's your prediction? Oh, Washington, no question. Right. Oh, even with even with uh, I mean, so let, here's the question: If Kirk Cousins doesn't play, do they put RG three in? <laughs> That's good. Wait, uh, no, he's not the backup. Uh, isn't isn't uh, like Colt McCoy the backup? Well, I'm saying I'm saying adding insult to injury. Throw him in there against the Cowboys. It's like we don't want to oh, risk yeah. our backup getting injured heading into the playoffs. I'm going to go back and pick the Lions over the Bears. I'm, you know, the Lions have been good uh, on all four games. You have the road team. I have the home team. We're disagreeing on all four. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like it. Yeah, I think it'd be hilarious if they make RG three play in this game. All right, and then the last one of the games that don't matter, except uh, if you remember in the preseason. Uh, and by the way, I proposed a couple weeks ago to you that one of our uh, top 10 rankings could be uh, the the best rivalries of professional sports. I, I had no idea that the Falcons and Saints are a rivalry because, frankly, I don't really care about those teams. Uh, but we discovered in the preseason that Falcons and Saints fans really hate each other. Uh, one, of, one of our guests said that if his team went 2-14 and 14 but swept the other, he'd consider it a successful season. I feel like that's such a that's like a college football fan thing to say, no? Like if Michigan yeah. won one eleven but beat Ohio State, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the the thing is, Saints and Falcons were both in the NFC West for years and were terrible. And now, you know, now they're both in the NFC uh, South. They're out of the playoffs now. Atlanta, though, all of a sudden they've won two in a row. They ended Carolina's undefeated season. They've been eliminated from the playoffs. Although this is one of the nine matchups in the first that we've mentioned that um, that has to go a certain way for the Colts. The Colts are rooting for the Falcons to win. I think the Falcons are going to win again. Dan Quinn will end his first season on a winning streak. So that'll be. He started five and one, and then he lost six. He lost six games in a row, and then he uh, finishes three and zero. And uh, the Saints end up six and ten, and I think it's Sean Payne's last game. What say you? Uh, I think the Falcons win this game. All right. So now, now we get to the games that uh, th- that have a slight uh, effect on the playoff race, but not really. Uh, the first one, as we just said, it's Tennessee at Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, even if they win and Houston loses, there are seven other games they need to uh, go their way. So also, we don't even know who's playing for Tennessee. Charlie Whitehurst is on the IR. Andrew Luck, who was supposed to be out two to six weeks, it's now seven weeks, and he's not coming back. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck is is too old, so who knows who's playing for them? But uh, I gotta imagine, you know. I think it could be it could be Steve. You know, did you see they signed Josh Freeman right before we started the podcast? But I think he's probably just gonna back up Stephen Morris this week. Yeah, I think they said it's probably Morris uh, for Tennessee. It's Mettenberger because Mariota's. You know, they're not playing him again this year. So this is a game also between two teams who probably have new coaches next year. You gotta assume Indy wins just because you know they they have to for. Their infinitesimal playoff. Odds, yeah, t- right? Tennessee's really falling apart the last few weeks. Yeah, it, it's a pro- they were they looked good under Mariota, but as soon as Mariota went down, uh, you know they have no offense and they had no defense before that anyway. Um, okay, yeah. here, here's another game: New England at Miami. Uh, New England needs uh, well, they don't need to win because uh, you know they they could be the one seed anyways if uh, if Cincinnati were to lose. But uh, New England will will probably be playing because it's simultaneously uh, to get the one seed, and the Dolphins gave up a long time ago. So the Patriots will win this game, right? Yeah, the Dolphins have just been sad the last few weeks. I mean, other teams have injury excuses. You know, the Dolphins have had injuries, but they still have their starting quarterback and, you know, their receivers and everything. This is just embarrassing. 
your preseason Super Bowl pick. And we, we both really like Tannehill in the preseason. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, you saw Michael Grimes. Brent Grimes is a wife. Uh, she has never liked uh, the, the uh, quarterback in the no, she would not have been. Uh, she would not have co-signed my preseason prediction. I do think. So actually, we talked about who's going to get fired. But for a second here, let's talk about who's going to get hired. They have a rich owner, Stephen Ross. Uh, I, you know, obviously Dan Talica. Um, you know, he may have had a chance if if they, you know, maybe if he squeezed them, Tate Nate. But that didn't happen. Maybe he gets a defensive coordinator gig or something there. Who do you hire if you could hire anybody there? You know, and they're going to offer someone $8 million. Who do you hire if you're Miami? I don't know. Do they need an offensive guy? Do they need a defensive guy? I mean, I think, yeah, I think you have to try and salvage Tannehill probably. You probably go offense, yeah. Nah, you, you can't give up on Tannehill yet, I don't think. There's... I mean, they have a really good draft pick because if they lose this game, their draft pick's really good. So, in theory, they could get, you know, the second quarterback in the draft or something. Do you, do you go do – you, do you spend like $8, 9000000 million on Harbaugh? He, there's, there's no chance that happening. Ross just brought him to Michigan. Harvard just got to Michigan. He had a fantastic first season. There is zero percent chance that he leaves Michigan. Yeah, I guess they'd and, be mad. He'd be persona non grata at his at his alma mater. Yeah, right? they bur- they burned down the Ross Business School there on campus. That would be awkward. So yeah, there's no chance that happening. Oh, his business school on campus. Oh yeah, yeah he, you're right. He gave him, he gave him hundred million dollars. It's called the Ross. Business. Oh okay. Yeah, uh, that that's uh, that's a little bit of a conflict there. Yeah, yeah. so they're not hiring Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, there'd be a better chance of Harbaugh going to Ohio State than Miami, I think. And they already, you know, the three big college coaches are Meyer, Harbaugh, and Saban. So obviously Saban's out. They went down that road. Yeah, and Harbaugh. Uh, so I mean, do you do you go after Urban Meyer? <laughs> well, he's been successful in that state before, um, and that yeah. that would be funny. Ross, the Michigan guy. I mean, that'd be a twofer because he gets a good coach. He uh, screws over Ohio State. Oh, totally. Oh no, that would be very popular with with the Michigan fans. Yeah, but I don't think Meyer can do it because you know Ohio State people would be too mad at him. Who cares? Well, uh, you know, for eight million dollars, you he, hire he, some security. He's an, he's an Ohio guy. By the way, this is another game. Uh, the Colts need the Dolphins to win for their slim playoff uh, chances to stay alive, and so that you know that ain't gonna happen. Oh, let's not even talk about. Let's not even talk about. You know, right? It's not like they need the nine favorites to win. They need like yeah, like four favorites and five random lunacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the next game we have is Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Cincinnati looked good for most of the game uh, last night. Now, AJ McCarron sort of hurt himself on the last play of the game, but I'm assuming that he'll be back. Uh, and, you know, this is a game that they need to win because if they win it, they're guaranteed a buy. Uh, no, excuse me. If they if they lose, if, if they win, but Denver also wins, then they would not get a buy. So but they need to win to have a chance at the buy. And, and frankly, if they win and Denver and New England lose, they could get the one seed. So Cincinnati has all the reason in the world to play. Uh, Baltimore, even though they upset Pittsburgh last week, I, I don't think they're going to be Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a better team than Pittsburgh. Their defense is way, way better, right? Cincinnati wins easily. Oh, yeah, Cincinnati's going to win this Yeah, game. by the way, this, this is another game that uh, uh, the uh, the Colts need the Ravens to win, so that's another one that ain't going to happen. Uh, San Diego at Denver. The Colts need Denver to win, so, so that actually can happen. Uh, Denver, as we said, although they did clinch a playoff spot with the win on Monday night, they uh, they could finish anywhere from the one seed to the to the five seed. Or wait, who would win the tiebreaker if the Jets and Broncos were both eleven and five? The Broncos. Okay, so th- they will definitely be the five seed. Well, so here's the thing: if you're Denver, wouldn't you rather be the five seed and play Houston in the first round than be the three seed and host? Well, actually, hosting the Jets probably isn't isn't, isn't too worse. I mean, if you're hosting Pittsburgh, it might be another story. Um, but again, of course, with the win, uh, Denver can get a uh, can get a buy, so they have everything to play for, and uh, they will beat San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another uh, in, in game, Oakland at KC. Uh, KC, as we said, they could still win the division with a win and a Broncos loss. Um, and um, Oakland is another team that the Colts need to see win, but uh, KC is going to win this one, right? Not much to say here. No. 
I mean, Oakland might put up a fight, but yeah, yeah Casey's Well, look, K- Casey has had very close games the last couple weeks against San Diego and against Cleveland at home. So Oakland at home, yeah, this certainly could be a close game. I think I'll pick Oakland to cover. Uh, Casey's everybody's darling right now because they've won nine games in a row. And other than the two I mentioned, most of them have been uh, blowouts. Alex Smith just does not turn the ball over. He also, he's one of the better running quarterbacks and he doesn't get enough credit for that. Uh, this is a team that it, they lost Jamal Charles. That's the point at which they won nine in a row. So it's really behind their defense. And uh, Alex Smith is a very efficient quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. They, they could be a threat in the playoffs, but we'll probably talk about that in next week's podcast. All right, Jacksonville at Houston. Uh, again, Houston technically needs to win to uh, to lock up the playoff spot. But even if they lose, they're going to make the playoffs. But um, So they do have something to play for. Uh, is Brandon Whedon their quarterback again in Week 17? Yeah, Whedon's going to take him the rest of the way, it looks like. Wow, Brandon Whedon into the playoffs. Cowboys fans are so bitter. Is that it? Brian Hoyer with his concussion? He can't come back even for the playoff game? I don't think he's expected back. I'm not sure what his situation is. I think, yeah, I think concussions are hard to tell. It's week to week. Jacksonville, you know, they can look really good. They can look really bad. It's mostly been bad the last few weeks, though. Yeah. Bortles just... And that defense. I mean, Bradley's supposed to be a defensive guy. That defense is... A the defense is, a, is abysmal. Bortles turns the ball over more. You know, he has more turnovers than any uh, any quarterback in the NFL. He's actually tied with uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, he's a disaster. We'll get to him again when we, when we get to listener email. But um, so Houston's going to win this game, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, Tampa Bay at Carolina. You know, Tampa Bay, all of a sudden, they lost three in a row. I thought they would have a chance at the last wild card, but they've completely collapsed down the stretch. Carolina, this game has been flexed to four o'clock, which is great because it means that Carolina, it, well, what it means is that Arizona has to try because if it was at one o'clock and Carolina won, Arizona would have been locked into the two seed and would have nothing to play for in Seattle. Now those both games are at four o'clock, so Arizona has to win uh, and hope that Tampa Bay wins to uh, have a chance at the uh, hope to the advantage in the NFC. But, but Carolina, a, a bad game last week, and they've had a couple of close calls the last couple of weeks, but I imagine that they'll, they'll right the ship here. It might be close, but uh, I think that Carolina wins 15 and one, right? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, and then the last of the games that you know matters but won't be a good game, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Uh, as we said, Pittsburgh has to win, and they need a lot of other. Uh, they, they need the Jets to lose as well. Uh, if Pittsburgh wins, also you know it'd be one of the things that the Colts need. Cleveland, they looked. You know, Johnny Manziel couldn't throw the ball at all last week, but he did run for over 100 yards. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense sucks, but their offense just an abysmal performance, a shocking performance by Roethlisberger against the Ravens' terrible pass D last week. Uh, he's got to make up for it, and you know. Put up thirty plus points this week, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so now there's three good games this week. Uh, the the least good of the three good games, frankly, I think, is the one that NBC decided to flex. That's my Vikings against the Packers, uh, and the reason is because both teams are already in the playoffs, and because this game will be after the earlier games. And if Arizona beats Seattle, which you know we'll get to that in a second, but is, is quite likely to happen then I think that the loser of this game is in better position than the winner. The loser will play Washington in the first round, uh, whereas the winner would, uh, you know, would have to host Seattle. Although, uh, you know, Seattle will have lost two in a row at that point. But would you rather travel to Washington or, or host Seattle in round one? I'd rather travel to Washington. Yeah. Uh, how great... <laughs> <laughs> you know, both teams are, are saying all the all the right things. You know, you want to win a division and blah blah blah. You want a home game, and I think there's more revenue also if you if you have a home game because it's like split sixty forty or something to the home team. But um, mm-hmm. you know, as a Vikings fan, I, I do want to see them beat the Packers. You know, I think they're one nine and one in their last eleven games against uh, Green Bay. Uh, so I would like to see them win this game. Um, but uh, I will I will know that if they lose, it's not too bad because we got a constellation of probably even an easier first round game. And so, you know, I think because both teams might secretly prefer losing in a sense, it's really not the game of the week, and I don't think it should have been uh, flexed. But, um, you know, all that having been said, I, I, I'm i going to pick Green Bay just because, as I said, the Vikings are 1-9-1 in the last 11 games. The Vikings have been the better team than the Packers for the last two and a half months. 
the only good games the Packers have played the second half of the year are the only good game they played at all, frankly, was the game against the Vikings. They just lost by 30 to Arizona. Uh, you know, the only other win they've had, you know, they won a Hail Mary game against the Lions. Uh, they beat the Cowboys at home, which is nothing to brag about. They've really only had one good performance in the last two and a half months, but it was it was against the Vikings. So I'll pick Green Bay, but I think it's going to be a very close game. Yeah, I'm going to say Green Bay by three touchdowns. By three touchdowns. Well, uh, let us remember, we discussed that week four podcast, which is when uh, we made the bet that you lost very badly. Do you remember what else you said on that podcast? What did I say? Well, let me play it for you. Oh, boy. Look at this producing. You, you like them as the sixth spot right now? I mean, I think they have a very strong chance to win the division. And the Packers look really, really good. Wait, wait, to win the division that they're in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's insane. The Packers are planets better than the Vikings. So, Akiva, uh, that one backfired on you a little bit because uh, the winner of this game uh, will win the division. And the Vikings, uh, you know, Vegas has it as three points, which means they think it's a toss-up with the Green Bay getting the, uh, the bare home field advantage there. But you're not backing down. You say Packers by three touchdowns here. No, I mean, I had no idea. How could we know that Aaron Rodgers would have such a bad year and that the team would be so bad? Well, how could we have known? Uh, one of us did, so. <laughs> you knew that Rodgers was going to suck this year? Nobody knew well, that. Well, no, not that he was going to suck, but I thought that the Vikings were very good. And frankly, you know, that's that. Was, and the other thing I said a couple weeks ago is that these teams just had to be within one game of each other either way. So even if Rodgers was better and the Packers had an additional win, this game would still be for the division. Um, you know, and even if the Packers, frankly, had lost the Hail Mary game and were a game behind the Vikings right now, this game would still be for the division because they'd still be with their game of each other in the opposite direction. So I thought going into this game that the Vikings would be nine and six or ten and five, and the Packers would be ten and six or maybe eleven and four, and they'd be playing for the division, and that's indeed the case. So you can say who knew, but the answer is uh, one of us. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll discuss the Vikings more when we get to read your email. I think. So you pick the Packers to win easily. I think the Packers win. I think it'll be a really close game. I think it'll be a good game uh, for Sunday football purposes, but I think there's a game that's more exciting. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Seattle at Arizona. As we said, Arizona has a lot to play for because they could still get the one seed. Seattle, I don't really know how much they have to play for. Uh, obviously, they'd rather be the five seed than the six seed because uh, you'd rather go to Washington than go to, to Minnesota or Green Bay. Uh, but, um, and, and also you don't want to go to the playoffs on a two game losing streak. And also you don't want to be swept by the Cardinals. Uh, so Seattle does have something to play for. Uh, but if, if they win, they still could be the six. If the Vikings win, uh, if they lose, then they're locked into the six. So they'll be playing for something, but I, I think Arizona's the best team in the NFL. So I think Arizona's going to Yeah, I really, uh, you know, that's why I predicted them to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we make fun of you for the Dolphins. We got to give you props for that Cardinals pick. Uh, very, very, you were very confident on it, uh, and uh, it has worked out to your benefit. All right, and now this is really the game of the week, I think. Uh, the Jets at Buffalo. Uh, by the way, uh, the Colts will also be rooting for, for Buffalo. This game, the Jets win and they're in. They lose, and, um, you know, assuming Pittsburgh wins, which they didn't last week, but they're, then they're out. Rex Ryan hates the Jets. They destroyed the Jets in New York earlier in the season. Uh, they also swept the Jets last year, didn't they? Yeah, they killed the Jets twice last year. Yeah, so the Bills have blown out the Jets three times in a row. This is game is in Buffalo, maybe snow on the ground. I thought the Bills would be favored for that reason. Um, you know, you thought it'd be a pick 'em. Vegas is the Jets is a three point favorite in Buffalo. Can you explain that to me? The Jets have been playing well, but with with the history they've had, with Rex Ryan being totally motivated to win this game, why are the Jets favorites on? Doesn't make any sense other than maybe they think their Bills aren't going to try as hard. But I, I don't think that's true. Yeah, as we said, Rex Ryan doesn't want to knock the Jets out of the playoffs, really? Come on. That's crazy. No, the coach does. The coach obviously wants to win. But, yeah, it doesn't make any well, sense. Well, as we said, player, players always try. You know, their jobs are on the line. So, uh, you know, uh, I thought this game should have been flexed. 
it would have been it would have been awesome if not only the Jets and, and Pittsburgh's playoff lives were on the line, but it would have been awesome if the other six or seven results happened, such that the uh, Colts Texans were on the line if the Bills were to win. Uh, then you'd have four teams uh, depending on one game. But um, I hate to say it, Akiva, I've been rooting for your Jets all season. Um, I. I you know what? I'm going to root for Cleveland to be Pittsburgh so that, well, I guess then this game matters less. But I do want to see Rex Ryan beat the Jets because I think he'll be really funny and bombastic. Uh, and frankly, I think it's what's going to happen. I think the Jets are going to win this one. Excuse me. I think the Bills are going to win this one. Yeah, the Bills are going to win. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and then do you think you missed the playoffs or do you think that uh, that Pittsburgh blows it one more time for you? No, they missed the, they missed the playoffs. All right. Well, it's rough. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because a couple of weeks, or frankly, going into last week, when it looked like the Jets would be, you know, at, at least nine and seven, if not better, and miss the playoffs, while you know you'd have uh, sh- shitty teams winning the uh, the NFC East and the AFC South with with bad divisions, with bad with worse records. I remember my first year as a football fan was nineteen ninety one, and I remember that the Jets were eight and eight and made the playoffs over in the AFC. And yeah, truly one of the ten best moments of my life when they were seven and eight. They were playing the Dolphins, who were eight and seven. Winner makes the playoffs. Um, Marino had like a late drive to send the game to overtime, but I think uh, Raul Allegre kicked the winning field goal for the Jets to win 23-20 in overtime. Really one of the best moments of my whole Super life. Superfan Robbie loves when you play-by-play of a 25-year-old Jets games. Um, by the way, that wasn't sarcastic. He does. It's great. Um, so the thing that I remember vividly about that season was the Vikings – were uh went went eight and eight also and I and you know missed the playoffs and again it was my first season as a fan I was eight years old and I looked in the Star Tribune the next day and I saw over in the AFC the Jets were eight and in the playoffs and I was really annoyed about it. I said that's not fair they have the same record as us why are they in the playoffs and we're not uh but nobody cares about the Vikings you know who had a real beef that year the uh the San Francisco 49ers went 10 and 6 they were they had the second best scoring differential in the league by advanced stats they were by far the second best team in the league they um I mean they you know that was a juggernaut team with Joe Montana Jerry Rice etc and uh, and somehow the uh, the Forty Nine ers at ten and six they missed the playoffs that year while the uh, crappy eight and eight Jets yeah they could have won the super they could have that team could have won the Super Bowl oh and they missed the playoffs. oh easily yeah for sure the, off the top of my head and we're gonna have to check this now the Redskins may have killed them that year so maybe they they weren't gonna be not the Redskins excuse me um uh well no the Redskins the the Giants who who won the Super Bowl that year well no, the, the Giants no 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 the Redskins won the Super Bowl it was in Minneapolis oh this is the nineteen ninety one season yeah yeah. So the, the Redskins were the best team. Yeah, in, no, they didn't play. They yeah, didn't play the Redskins. The Redskins were the best team in football. They went 14 and 2. Uh, you know, they had the best. Look at their losses. They lost by two at New York. They lost by three in Minnesota. They lost by six to the Raiders on the road. They lost the 39 34 game. They lost by three and by seven. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, all six of their losses by seven. Lost, and, and their wins, <laughs> the, the, the last week. They win fifty-two to fourteen the last week of the season. Like they, you know, they were rolling into the playoffs. They won their last six games. Uh, yeah, they could have killed people in the playoffs. You know, as I said, you know, they were clearly the second best team in the NFL behind uh, behind Washington. And you know, this is a team. So anyway, the, 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 so there's a long history of, uh, of you know deserved teams missing the playoffs because of the NFL system. Uh, that's uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Um, all right, so let's um, let, let's get to our reader emails now uh, or listener emails. Uh, super fan Robbie, he uh, he sent this in. He said, if you were drafting a team from scratch, who would you rather have? Uh, the quarterbacks in the class of 2015, Winston or Mariota. Uh, the quarterbacks in the class of 2014, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, he didn't mention Johnny Football because he doesn't care. Uh, and, and here's Robbie's uh, order. His order is number one, Bortles. Number two, Mariota. Three, he has a tie between uh, Carr and Winston. And then he has Bridgewater last. So, uh, you know, wh- why don't you give me your order of those five, Akiva, and any thoughts you have? Okay, here's here's my order. Yep. Number one, Mariota. Okay. Two, 
Winston, but I know that he has the, the biggest downside of any of these guys. Then three car, four Bridgewater, four, five Bortles. Yeah. Okay. So I agree with you on Bortles five and, you know, he's by far the worst. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No question. And if you, it, the biggest gripe is if you want to put Teddy over car, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of conversations about Teddy versus car because they're picked five picks apart. Um, nobody ever discusses Bortles. Bortles is by far the worst of these quarterbacks, which is why it's crazy to me that, um, that Robbie has a number one. Robbie says in his comments, he says, you know, Bortles has the most weapons, but he's actually performing. So I'm going with him. Number one, uh, what he's performing is very badly. Yeah. He get, this is, this is sort of the fallacy of when you focus too much on fantasy football over real football in fantasy football, Bortles has been the best this year. In fact, Bortles has been a top five quarterback in fantasy football because there's tons of garbage time for the Jaguars and he gets a lot of touchdowns. But as I said, he also, he leads the NFL in turnovers this year. Blake Bortles will never win a Super Bowl. I can say that with complete confidence. He's a guy who will put up lots of garbage points, you know, maybe the way that John Kitna did or something like that. Um, but yeah, Blake Bortles is never going to win a Super Bowl. Um, nobody in the NFL has more turnovers than he does. He has, it's not just that he has Allen Robinson, who's one of the top five receivers in the league. TJ Yeldon, who looks like a stud running back. Julius Thomas, one of the best tight ends in the league. Allen Hearns, et cetera. Um, you know, he's not a winning quarterback. Um, but what I actually did is, is I looked at the numbers for these five. So, I, you know, there's there's two things that are most important for a quarterback to do, obviously. Number one is is don't turn the ball over. And number two is successful plays, which means, you know, completion percentage, yards per attempt, et cetera. Uh, Bortles is is second to last in both of those. Um, he's ahead of Mariota in turnover percentage, and he's ahead of uh, Winston in completion percentage. But, you know, those are both rookies. So, to me, Bortles is clearly the worst of these guys. A- after that, I think it's really close. I have, I have Winston fourth. Just because it's early, I get it. But, you know, the knock on him coming into the year was too many turnovers. Uh, you know, he hasn't actually had that many turnovers. But his completion percentage is by far the worst of these guys. And he also, he's had so many weapons. He has two Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers in Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. He has the NFL's second leading rusher in Doug Martin. But he has the worst completion percentage. I think he could be good. I think all four of these other guys uh, could be Pro Bowlers. But I think Winston's just a tad behind the other ones for right now. Number three, I have Derek Carr. Uh, as we said in the preseason last year, Derek Carr was literally the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, this year's taken a big step up. A lot of that, again, thanks to two Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers, uh, Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Crabtree rejuvenated. Um, he's also, he's, you know, Carr is the, he has, he's the oldest on this list. Uh, you know, it's not baseball. Obviously a quarterback can be good until he's 36 or 37, but, but he is the oldest on this list. He- My biggest issue with Carr is that he throws the ball the most of all of these guys a lot of chucking it in garbage time, but it's not even down the field, even with those great receivers. He has the worst yards per attempt. And so, while I think he has a chance to be an above-average quarterback, I think his ceiling is somewhat limited. So now we have two guys left, and there's a distinction whether we're talking about long-term potential or this year. Obviously, it goes without saying that right now you'd want Bridgewater He's by far the safest, the lowest floor, the only guy on this list who you could even imagine leading a team to the postseason. Obviously, he's already done it. But for long term, I'm only going to put him at number two, partly to try and fight my own bias and partly for the reasons I'll discuss about Mariota in a second. So, Bridgewater. Look at the Vikings this year. They have fewer weapons than anybody on this on this list uh, other than Mariota. Yeah. Their best two offensive linemen, their Pro Bowl center and their right tackle both went down in the preseason, missed the entire season. Yeah. He's been under pressure more than any other quarterback in the NFL. He passed uh, Russell Wilson on that in the second half of the year. Um, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL on third downs. He's the number two quarterback in the NFL when there's no pressure on him. I tweeted this out earlier uh, yesterday. 
Uh, he's the number one quarterback in the NFL in December of the last two years. Highest quarterback rating, highest yards per attempt, yeah. highest um, completion percentage. Yeah. And, and here's the most impressive part. Again, this is what you want in a quarterback. He has never had a pick six or a fumble six in his entire career. He has never given the other team points. And I think that's really sort of the most value that Bridgewater has. Um, you know, a turnover percentage, yeah. he's seventh in the league at 2.1%. These other guys are all 2.5 or worse. Uh, completion percentage, he's at 66%. Uh, again, top seven in the league, uh, and all these other guys are at 60 or even below. So, you know, he's just, he's the most efficient. He turns the ball over the least. He's the only guy on this list who already, I think, is an above average NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so to me, clearly, he's the best for right now. But I'm going to put Mariota ahead of him long term. And the reason is because, you know, we said how Bridge, you know, Bridgewater has no weapons this year and the worst offensive line. Yeah. But he does have Adrian Peterson. Uh, you know, Mariota has nothing on that offense, right? Uh, Mariota has no. He's got nothing on the offense. It, it, you know they they have a couple number two or three receivers. Green I mean, Beckham could Doral, become good. Doral Green Beckham. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Hunter. Like th- those guys are number two receivers at best. But by the way, is, is the is the MVP of, of this season? Like, think about um, you know you you like have all these teams struggling for offensive playmakers, and Brandon Marshall was out there for like a switching a draft pick. It's like every every GM should get fired for not trying to trade yeah. for Brandon Marshall. Yeah, first first guy to have a thousand yards with four different teams. Uh, first guy to have six hundred yard, uh, hundred reception seasons in his career. The crazy thing about Brandon Marshall is that he was furious that he left. Like he really wanted to stay in Chicago. Yeah. So it makes no sense that they got rid of him. Like after it seemed like he turned his life. Well, every around. team that he's left, he's left on bad terms. Yeah. For the Bears, he was really good in twenty thirteen, but he had a bad season last year. You know, by his standards. You know, I'm looking at the top you know, the top uh, receivers in the NFL this year, Antonio Brown has big Ben throwing to him. Julio has Matt Ryan who turns the ball over a lot, but he's better than Fitz. Uh, Odile has Eli. Brandon Marshall clearly had, is more, you know, if you sort of give credit to the receiver and the quarterback, he, you know, Brandon Marshall clearly gets the largest share of all these guys. Well, DeAndre Hopkins probably gets more. Yo, Hopkins is incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because you like, you look at the Hopkins Revis game now and you're like, Oh, Revis, people are like, Revis is done. Revis still has the lowest, uh, you know, it's 44% throwing at Revis, def- by far the lowest in the NFL. And poor- passer rating throwing at Revis is second worst. So you take out the Hopkins game, and he's you know basically the same Revis from five years ago, You know that, which is, just shows you how incredible it is that, you know, Hopkins, uh, the Hopkins game. And luckily the Jets, you know, there's basically no chance they could play the Texans in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, Hopkins, you know, second in the league in, uh, in targets, second in the league in yards. Uh, by the way, some crazy target numbers. Julio Jones has 192 targets, so he's going to break the 200 mark probably. Uh, I mean, that, that that's just an insane number. And what else? What else do you want Ryan to do but throw it to Julio Jones? Yeah, like should he uh, throw well, it to Roddy White's corpse? Yeah, I, uh, I like the guys like Roddy White who have no idea that they're bad. They they still think he's like 2008 Roddy White. Yeah. Um. So you know, I can. Uh, this is the thing. The NFL and actually Peter King brought this up in his column this week. The NFL doesn't do the way that other sports do with their votes. It's not like you know a five three one or a ten seven five three one system. You don't vote for five guys, three guys, ten guys. You vote for one guy. So when you vote for one guy, Brandon Marshall is not the NFL MVP. But if you voted for ten guys, he would definitely be down ballot. I think. Right. Yeah, you know, I agree. And you should vote for at least three, if not five. I don't know. Ten is a lot, like baseball does. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, well, you, if you're talking about non-quarterbacks, then, then uh, you know, you could a guy like Marshall, you know, J.J. Watt, those guys could really get So who, a, who, a who would be your MVP if you had a vote? Would it still be Cam? Yeah, uh, Cam would get it. I would have no problem with Brady. I, I would have a problem with Palmer just because they're throwing out – Guys off the street and they're running for you know like 180 yards, 
Um, so I, I do think maybe that line has just been so amazing that I don't know how much credit we can give to Palmer, even though the offense is, you know, the top offense. Yeah. So I, I, to me, it's either Brady or Newton. I mean, Bra- the, the, the reason I give it to Newton is because – and you could give it to Brady. I, I, the reason I, I would – I'm going to give it to Newton because Brady can really just throw it up to Gronk and Gronk will make the play like 90% of the time. But you look at what Brady's working with. Like the Jets have had a couple of games. Like they played the Titans. And, I, you know, I'm like really like in my mind charting well if it's Patrick throws. I really think the Jets had two or three games this year, you know, with the way that, that Marshall and Decker get open – that Brady never throws an incompletion in those games. Like he literally, if he has Marshall and Decker uh, getting, you know, and the Jets offensive line, he is literally going like 24 for 25 or 25 for 25 every game. Yeah. There's almost no excuse why he's throwing a single uh, incompletion. Because if you watch, if you watch the Jets closely, Fitzpatrick throws like eight horrible passes every game. He's got guys wide open running for the end zone and misses them badly like he is when he throws a deep ball he's literally just throwing the ball up there yeah but I, I will note you know Brady other other than to Gronk and part of this I guess is is the weapons around him his offensive line is banged up his receivers are banged up but his, his yards per attempt is way below all these other top guys Palmer yeah, what's he gonna Dalton, do like Wilson. LaFell was good last year but LaFell clearly is either injured or, or just finished I mean he's 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 not the same guy he was last year and you know Amendola couldn't even play like we could talk about like oh they're missing Amendola but like he couldn't even get on the field for them the last couple of years yeah. so you know Edelman is very good but is he really like your typical number one he's not a he's not like a you know Andre yeah. Johnson Calvin Johnson type of guy so he's really working with nothing other than Gronk who has a lot of responsibilities and sometimes gets double teamed or held you know the entire game yeah you know it it really I don't know who I'd vote for as MVP right now Palmer and Dalton have the best numbers of quarterbacks, but again, they yeah. Had, so if you want to say Dalton, like in hindsight, Dalton was incredible this year. Yeah, he he right now is still leading Chester quarterback rating at ninety nine point nine four. Uh, Palmer is just a smidge below him and, and could pass him depending on what happens next week. Uh, but Dalton's the same as Palmer. There's so many weapons around them that look at Cincinnati with AJ McCarron. They're still they're not as good, but they're still a, they're still a very very good team. Uh, if you take Brady away or, or Russell Wilson or Cam Newton, those teams aren't good at all. So Russell Wilson has even less weapons than, than Brady or Cam, frankly. His, his offensive line is worse. His only good uh, receiver, Jimmy Graham, he, he disappeared. And Russell Wilson has a better completion percentage than any of these guys, has better yards per attempt than anybody in the league other than Palmer. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson's numbers have been incredible. What about the fact that Bo- Russ was, like, bad for, like, uh, the beginning of the year? Although you could argue that they, they hadn't really figured out their offensive line yet, and it was probably the worst in the league for those first, like, four to six Oh, yeah, weeks. it was. Yeah, and it was. he was, like, and they were only being competitive because he was running around for five seconds every play and making a play. Wilson's been incredible, but I think they would have needed to win the division to really get considered. The fact that his numbers on the season are top three, despite being average to below average for the first half of the year, that just indicates how insanely good he was, you know, in November and yeah. December. So, yeah. So to me, Russ, to me, that's the biggest sort of leap that's happened, because even if you assume Rodgers gets back to Rodgers next year when they have Nelson, they'll probably find some other receiver also, you know, after Brady and Rodgers, we might be talking about Russell Wilson as the third best quarterback in the NFL next year. Yeah. I mean, Roethlisberger is incredible, too. I don't want to take it away from him. But, I, you know, you could you could and, uh, you know, Breeze on 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 his best day is still probably three or four. But. But for you know, going forward, by the way, I would just like to point out in the preseason you had Russell Wilson twelve, I had him six, so I got a little bit of credit there. What's that noise? Oh, my son is uh, dropping a pole and making noise. Hold on. 
Oh, do you ever work? You're always at home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but so to bring it back to Robbie's question, I thought it was a good question, though, because as an example, four of the guys he mentioned, Bortles, Winston, Bridgewater, Mariota, they're all bunched together consecutively in Chester quarterback rankings. So their numbers are all pretty similar this year, uh, although, the, you know, again, they get it done different ways. So, you know, they are all pretty similar. And, you know, and the reason, again, Mariota, I think not just he has no weapons, but I think Mariota is also the biggest threat to run of all of these guys. The biggest hole in his game is he turns the ball over the most. He's turned the ball over 3.6% of uh of uh attempts this year uh and that's also because he uh he uh, leads the league with six lost fumbles in addition to his uh 10 picks so uh Mariota really has to cut down on the turnovers but uh if they get a better offense around him i think uh you know he he could be a, a russell wilson type uh he could be uh yeah Mariota definitely this is an incredibly promising first season and i'd say winston also i you know he, he didn't get into any trouble kept it you know kept his you know seemed to be working hard no bad stories about him really I think he's really on positive trajectory also. And by the way, all five of these teams, their quarterback play was much better in 2015 than 2014. Uh, so all, you know, uh, Carr and Bridgewater, who got better than the year before, and the, and and, uh, and Bortles also, frankly, was better than last year when he was, in a bit, you know, just an abortion. And obviously both rookies better than what they had before that. So all five of these teams uh, are on the upswing in large part because of their quarterback. So, uh, you know, again, I, I think Bortles, frankly, has the lowest ceiling of any of these guys, but... Uh, you know, he, he's he, he's better. You'd rather have Bortles than, than what the Rams have. Well, I've got a question. Do you have time for one more question? This is from Akiva W. By the way, the Colts signed Ryan Lindley and Josh Freeman. Are they? Do they realize they only have one game left? <laughs> Why do they need Lindley also? Yeah. And also, we saw Lindley. You're better off. You're better off just snapping at the Frank Gore. You're better off snapping at uh, Dwight Freeney. Um, Akiva W. writes in. He wants to know how many teams are gonna. How many teams are. Uh, going to need to switch their QB from this year to next year. So obviously Houston, Houston needs a QB. St. Louis needs someone to compete with Foles, obviously. Uh, Philly definitely looks to upgrade on Bradford. I don't know if they, I don't know if they find someone to compete with him or to upgrade or draft someone in the first round, but so that's for sure. That's three. I think Buffalo has to give Tyrod Taylor another year. He definitely earned that. Yeah, I, I'm not as high on him as you are, but uh, the Jets are probably going to sign Fitzpatrick to a stupid, Fitzpatrick's a total free agent, so they're going to have to give him a ridiculous amount of money. If you remember, Fitzpatrick already signed one enormous contract with the Bills like five years ago. Yeah. That was crazy. And, and immediately but he's going to get another one. Yeah. And then Cleveland. Cleveland, obviously. Well, so Johnny Football, not the answer there. No, they obviously need someone to compete or, you know, maybe even like for jo- Menzel at this point, I think his ceiling is a good backup. You haven't mentioned San Francisco, but obviously San Francisco. Yeah. And obviously uh, San Francisco is going to do something. I mean, so you do have two semi-intriguing guys at- who are backups on teams uh, in Kaepernick and RG3. So someone's going to kick the tires on both those guys. Yeah. Uh, the issue is the, the contract for RG3. I'm not sure how that works with Denver. Is Brock Osweiler definitely the answer there? Yeah, yeah. Brock Osweiler is going to get the job next year. I, I, I mean, Denver is probably the most aggressive team in the league. You know, they remember they had Tebow, won a playoff game with Tebow, and then, you know, went out and got Manning. So I do think Elway's incredibly aggressive. If he sees. If someone hits the market, if for some reason the Saints say, you know, Breeze is, is, you know, we need, then maybe they go after a guy like that. But barring, you know, something crazy happening, yeah, I think Osweiler definitely, you have to give him a year, see what he's got there. Uh, and then, and then I think Peyton Manning wants to play. So then, you know, does Peyton Manning, uh, you know, go to the problem is like the teams that he normally go to, Tennessee doesn't need him, Jacksonville doesn't need him. Uh, Peyton Manning's not you know, sticking Tampa around to play. For, hold on, Peyton Manning's not sticking around to play for Jacksonville. He's sticking around to play for a playoff. You know, what if Miami signs him? Well, that would be interesting. Well, hold on. So, Indian Dallas, we assume Romo and Luck are, are better, so they're not getting a new quarterback. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, right. Flacco will be back in Baltimore. If the only team to offer Manning a job is Cleveland, does he go there? Well, what about Philly? Is that crazy for Peyton Manning to be in Philadelphia? It's not so crazy. I mean, Houston isn't crazy. I feel like someone's going to try. San Francisco is not insane. Does Brian Hoyer, by the way, if he's healthy, does he get the job again in Houston? Because he was good this year. I don't think he's guaranteed, but I, I think, yeah, I think there's a decent chance he's their starter week one next year. All right, so if he's their starter, if Johnny Football is the starter in Cleveland, then— No, Johnny Football is definitely not starter. Definitely Johnny not. Football, look, he'll be no, in the NFL in September. No chance. Okay, fine. I mean, he's going to have to make it through—yeah, I mean, forget about Manziel. He's not— So the only four teams that are definitely looking for a new quarterback then are Cleveland, San Francisco, St. Louis, and Philly. And Philly's not even a definite. Who knows? Right. I mean, Bradford's been terrible. I think I think San Francisco, if you offer them Manning, I think they make the move on that. Yeah, but why would Peyton Manning? Uh, I why think would, Houston why would Peyton, has to consider it. Why would Peyton Manning want to end his career in San Francisco? Because if no, he wants to play. He doesn't want to go out like this. If if Denver's not going to start him, and clearly Denver's not starting him next year at this point. There's some, a lot going on behind the scenes. He must Him and Elway must really not get along. And they're right at this point to, you know, cut, you know, bait and... See what Osweiler has. Very sad end to the career for Peyton Manning. But, you know, that's almost always how it ends. You know, that's how it ended for Favre. That's how it usually ends for the greats. Well, Elway, his, uh, his boss, it, it ended pretty well for Elway. Yeah, well, that, that is the ideal. Um, that, that will not be happening to Peyton. Well, by the way, that would be amazing. What? I mean, Tom Brady's going to end his career on, like, you know, the Jaguars or something. By the way, how great would it be if uh, – if, this is what I'm rooting for now. Brock Osweiler get injured in the playoffs and Peyton comes in and leads him to the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. It's not gonna happen. It would be it would be a lot of like seven to six wins if it's Peyton leading them to the Super Bowl. All right, so uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up for our week seventeen uh, preview podcast. We'll definitely be back. I think one, maybe even two podcasts next week. We got to uh, we got to review our preseason predictions with our. Uh, we got to you know we got to preview the playoffs. Do you want to have like fans? Do you want to have like let's say it's let's say it's like Kansas City Houston? Do you want to have like a Chiefs fan and a Texans fan come on together and yell at each other? Oh, I definitely think we should. We, we've had requests for that from some of those playoff teams. Um, I also want to bring back some of the fans who were very, very right or very, very wrong with their preseason predictions to uh, give them props and or make fun of them. So, well, you know, we'll have to see uh, availability of our guests next week. Next week might be like uh, the preseason. We might have a, a lot of podcasts to record in a short amount of time. Our wives will be happy. That's to good because that. it's like probably my busiest work week of the year. So <laughs> you may have to record a couple of them on your own. All right, Keith. All right. So uh, good luck to your Jets and I clinch the class spot this week. And uh, we will talk next week to uh, recap the regular season and new playoffs. Whatever. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.